0: what's up everybody welcome to Hapticast cast episode number 66 my name josh his name Brett. and we're now cavemen so fun fact yes that's it that's all you have to say for yourself
1: what's going on what's up what's, what's up everybody it's
0: the end of the welcome show welcome to the show so all right see you guys later thanks okay. for coming Brett. Right. episode 66 kind of a big week for things yeah i mean that's a couple of different pieces of news here yeah and a lot of things
1: dropped today Yes, so that's kind of cool that we could talk about it you know the day of
0: yeah we can we can digest it live live and in person it's saturday night that's not what they say live from new york at saturday night also let me tell you something about saturday night live show sucks dude <laughs> it's not funny yeah. <laughs> that's a much funnier show where that comes from <laughs> there is one uh crew on saturday night live that i think is funny i forget what they're called um they're
1: called the tim robinson crew and it's when he was on the show for like one season well ago.
0: yeah but it's like a like a lonely island crew but like not they don't do songs i forget the name of them they're like a bunch of younger guys um i don't know they're funny but that's about it Uh, Also, Oscar Oscar Isaac hosted, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago or whatever, and his monologue was pretty funny.
1: I love Oscar Isaac, and I'm really excited for Moon Knight.
0: I like Oscar Isaac, too. (laughs) What? I think you're not...
1: I don't think you understand.
0: What do I not understand? Moon Knight. I don't care about Moon Knight. I'm here to tell you. We don't care. He's a cool character. He might be a cool character, but don't forget who's making it. Don't forget the last 13 Marvel shows that have been dog shit. That's all I'm saying. I hate to be down on it. I'm just telling you. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! I'm just telling you, man. Listen, y'all be slopping up my turds when you fucking, you see. All right. I hope it's good. Of course I hope it's good. How couldn't it be bad with a actor like Oscar Isaac? Oscar Isaac didn't fucking write it or make it. Yeah, but he can make anything
1: good, dude.
0: Mm, he didn't do that with Star Wars episode nine, so just saying. He wasn't it he wasn't in it enough. Okay, well. Anyway, Brett, today we're gonna be talking about Ooh. That's right. Persona 4 Arena ultimax came out today. Um, not that we're really gonna be talking about that much. Uh Abysmal Chronicles, some abysmal stuff on there. Basically, Xbox can't run a fucking studio. They can't make a TV show. They can't do anything. Elden Ring is looking to do some cross-media stuff. A new game uh, was quote-unquote officially announced from... um... The fuck is their name? Supermassive? Supermassive Games. Yeah, another example of We Were Right. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy had their state of play. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about that um dr disrespect is selling nfts uh persona 4 has a persona persona 5 has a persona 4 mod <laughs> that is really slick and then Indie Intel uh talking about a game that starts with uh deso and ends with some some sort of word that ends in ladium
1: if you're a fan of uh hp lovecraft and lovecraftian stuff you're gonna like this one
0: yes but before we go any further brett why don't we begin with a quick discussion on what we're playing, what we're doing, what we're consuming.
1: Yeah, not much, honestly, this past week. Uh, a lot of Elden Ring being played. Mm. Uh, we're actually going to talk about Elden Ring a little bit later in the podcast, but uh, I know you beat it, and I'm on the final boss mm. now. So I think mm. now's a good of time, Benny, to kind of just give your quick little thoughts about the, the
0: game as a whole. It's one of the best games ever made. It's the best from Software game ever made. It's the best open world game ever made. Um, game slaps, instant classic. It's a masterpiece in every way, but the technical aspects. Um, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I put it number two on my list on GG. Yeah, that, should, was surpri- that was a surprise. That was very follow surprising. us on GG. Um, might be recency bias, but I don't think so. Uh, even God of War, as much of a masterpiece as I think that is. I think this is, well, first of all, this game is extremely different than God of War. But also, I just, I I thought about putting it above Persona for a second. I really did. I love this game that much. But, and then I thought about Persona, and I was like, mm, characters. And that's why I did, so. Games Masterpiece, I love it. It's incredible. I have, you know, I spent over 100 hours in it uh i'm going to platinum it which did not expect going in uh but i'm going to just just have a few more endings uh i think it's the easy um easiest to platinum complete from software game probably the least cumbersome at least especially if you don't fuck up with your ending saves coming which i did Um, in
1: terms of like actually getting the trophies yeah but i think there's some trophies that could be difficult because the bosses could be difficult to some people, but
0: true, to us, true. Um, because we're so good is what I'm trying to say. Now nah, I'm really fucking garbage at From Games. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, 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 find a way to weasel my way through each game. Is how I would describe it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you there.
0: Uh, sometimes I surprise myself. This game, a couple times, I, I beat uh Melania or Melina or whatever her name is by myself. You know, and I think she's the hardest boss in the game. You were actually in chat with me when I beat her. You, I, I remember you You literally came. I had a real big fist bump moment. Yeah. Um, sometimes I surprise myself. But also, you have to keep in mind, too. Not to you know, gatekeep anybody. You can play the game however you want. But uh, I used magic. So, you know. Some fights it helped, though. And some fights it was a hindrance, to be honest. So. Anyway. I love it. It's a great game. Game good. Game, game very good. Game incredible i, I also no okay. good i was gonna say i haven't beaten it
1: yet so i don't know how it you know lines up with all my other favorites but it's definitely
0: that it's
1: definitely in my top uh 25 maybe top 10. it's fucking facebook dude get out of
0: your facebook You
1: don't even have a facebook you don't even know what a facebook is
0: um yeah and then i i wanted to ask you a quick question um and maybe we could oh. have a larger all right. What? Maybe we could have a larger discussion with that at some point. Maybe if we do a full-blown, you know, we both beat the game review. Here's our platinum experience review or something like that. Yeah, I would like um, to do that. Um I think it is the not the easiest because there are some bosses that are really difficult in the game, but the yeah. most accessible from software game. And I think that's a hill I wouldn't going to die on in the fact of like there are so many ways that you can tackle the challenge presented to you in the game, and I really think that if you have never played a From Software game before, this might be the one to start with, because you can handhold yourself through the game, learn all of the mechanics a normal Dark Souls you know game might have, even some mechanics that Sekiro and Bloodborne have. Teach yourself it, teach yourself how it works in a easier environment where you're not blocked off from doing anything you know if you come to a main boss or even a side boss or a dungeon and you're like i can't do this go explore for a little while test other stuff out work with builds experiment i think it's a good starting point if you've never played a from software game before and the difficulty not the difficulty i'm always apprehensive to use that word but the challenge scares you
1: yeah i agree with you it's definitely the most accessible uh it's still tough still hard Mm -hmm. uh still will kick your absolute dick in yeah I'm getting my shit pushed in right now with the final boss of the game. And actually, they just released a patch last night that kind of nerfed a lot of things that some people have been using to play the game. And now the game's a lot harder. So, Yeah,
0: aka Mimic Tier Go. Yeah, my Mimic Tier didn't even make it
1: past the first stage of that boss. Final boss. Yeah, its health bar just
0: went down. Yeah, and some other stuff that uh, particularly have been big in like the speedrunning community um are nerfed you know whore frost stomp yep. stuff like that so anyway okay do you well, think someone who likes skyrim would like elden ring um in the discovery open world aspect i would say yes uh I've, I've seen that comparison a lot and i think it's fair you know when you're exploring elden ring there is a real sense of discovery akin yeah. to skyrim where like you never know what you're going to find around every corner and yeah you might stumble into a dungeon that is 8,000 levels way too high for you, and you're going to get your shit pushed in. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to, you know, falsely present it. The game is much more difficult combat-wise than Skyrim is. Um, but, it's not a hack and slash. It's a no
1: roll and wait and yeah. wait for your time to attack.
0: But I think if you like... If the gameplay is not what concerns you, the challenge, and you like world-building, open-worlds, discovery... Then this is even better than Skyrim in that sense because there's no you know there's no HUD markers telling you where to go you know there's none of that like you have to discover everything yourself and I say that in the best way possible it's done in a non cumbersome way that really rewards you um, and is really really engrossing so there's no quest log yeah and again I spent over a hundred hours in the game and I didn't do everything <laughs> so you know
1: it's very much a show don't tell like the game you have to figure things out yourself yeah Uh, but that adds to it it adds to the to the awesomeness of when you finally do beat something or figure out a quest line or something you know that feels really really good whereas in skyrim all you gotta do is look at your quest log it tells you where to go you go there you know yeah so if you like exploration if you like you know that kind of stuff i'd say then check it out
0: yeah lots of dragons too
1: how ridiculous amounts of dragons yeah and they're they're really hard yeah Anyway,
0: thanks for the question, Yuki. Let's let's continue, because I know.
1: Yeah, let's move on. Uh, So I I don't really have any other games I've been playing. I I played that. Uh, No, wait. There was something else I played. Oh, WWE 2K22 came out. Uh, Big wrestling fan. I bought that on PC. I've been playing it. Um,
0: Real quick. If you had to assign a number score to it, what is it? To Elden Ring? No, 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 no. To WWE oh well Elden I rings can't. a 10 come on now
1: i can't because i went into it knowing that the franchise is probably going to get taken away from 2k they've yeah. done a really bad job i mean the history of, of it is you know 2k20 was so bad that they literally stopped supporting it and started yeah. supporting 2k19 all right. again
0: all right well what about this is a thumbs up or is it thumbs down
1: well it's again hold on you have to hold on because I've been playing it and I was really enjoying it. There's a lot of parts about it that suck ass. Yeah. They, rem- yeah. they removed a lot of features that people really liked. Uh, they added a lot of features that people really wanted. Uh, I'm in it for the creation hmm. aspect of it and downloading other people's creations so that I can make it an AEW video game rather than a WWE video game. Yeah. Uh, which is why I purchased it on PC so I could add mods and whatnot. Sure. But uh, the mod community isn't isn't, you know, started up yet. But the big thing is. The game now crashes no matter what I do because there's a glitch right now where if you download too much, too many things, too many images to the game, it crashes no matter what. Too you many do. images. So, yeah, when you create a superstar, you use images and stuff to like add their face, to add like their clothing and their shirt designs. Ah. So so uh, tattoos are images. My jaw just like, popped. That was weird. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, that was just strange. So yeah, so I can't even play the game until they patch it right now. That's um, abysmal, and I don't even have that many. I have like ten guys. So we,
0: we love broken games folks there's a we? there's a hundred characters you can
1: download and i only have 10 and the game won't let me play
0: how much so how much was it, it 60
1: bucks? Uh, so it was a, it was a 60 dollar game but if you if you pre-ordered it uh, you pre-ordered the deluxe edition you got to play it a week early and i did that so i paid like 80 80 bucks or 100 bucks it was 100 bucks yikes. so but y- the game's yikes. scoring really well it's getting like 80 88s 80s You know, from like IGN and shit, 8 out of 10. So uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction, but they got to get this shit fixed. And, you know, they got to fix it. Fix it. Yeah, roster is extremely outdated. Most of the guys are in AEW now. Uh, I don't know what to say. It's fun. They changed the whole combat system. Uh, It's a completely different game. So I'm enjoying it. I wish I could play it. When they patch it, uh, you know, I'll I'll get it. And I'm tired of getting games at launch, and they're broken. This is like the
0: second one this year already, and it's only March. So. Hmm dying light mm-hmm. um all right i see you have one more tv anime thing here too yeah i watched
1: the season finale of the show servant it's an apple tv exclusive original um, made by m night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. and this is season three now yeah it's over season three is over and it's going to end with season four originally it was going to be six seasons but m night over the pandemic rewrote it and made it so it was only four uh okay this season was the weakest one so far Total just balls-to-the-wall weird, very strange shit happening in season three. The finale, like, I feel like the whole season I was waiting for them to set up the big plot of the season, and it was just more of the same thing. And then the final episode, they think, I feel like they tried to like do like a big twist or something, and it, not even a twist, like they did something, and I was just like, that's it? Like, Mm. there was like no resolution to the season. But. It was so good and entertaining and funny and like dark comedy uh, and creepy. And there was some cool, cool moments in it. I got to shout out the actors and actresses in it. Uh, I don't know all their names, but I know Rupert Grint is in it. Yep. uh, From Harry Potter, which we're going to talk about shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, He is fucking funny and fucking hilarious and amazing. And I love his character. He's like a former drug addict, alcoholic, uh, the brother of the main character. And he is just awesome. And then Neil, I think the guy's name is Neil Tiger Free. Uh, he was in Black Mirror in the episode where uh, you, you, you can watch your memories on your eyes. Mm, yeah, or in your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the main character, the dad, and he is phenomenal as well. Dorothy, the actress who plays Dorothy is great. Everyone's great, so mm-hmm. I'm really, really enjoying that series, but this season kind of fell a little flat, but I still recommend it.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, as for me, uh, continued watching Monster, that anime. Um, it is, it's good. It's good. Uh, I still share the same issues, uh, that I mentioned before where they spend a lot of time on these side plots that just take a really long time to pay off and kind of feed their way into the main story. Um, but it's good. I have about, I think 15 or 20 episodes left of that. Oh, nice. So, uh, nearing, nearing the end. Um, and then the only other game I've been playing is horizon, just chipping away at the platinum very slowly. Uh, Elden Ring has taken up a lot of my time. And honestly, every time I'm playing horizon and you listen, I love horizon. It's a phenomenal game, but every time I'm playing horizon, I'm thinking about Elden Ring. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I'd rather just play Elden Ring right now. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it's funny. Cause I remember saying about horizon, I was like, this is the best and still probably holds true. The best Western traditional open world game that's been made. And then Elden Ring comes out with an even better open world. Um, so you know. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Anyway, all right, Brett, let's uh hop over to the Abysmal Chronicles, shall we? Yeah, do you need me to play a song? Yeah, let's let's get a little ditty.
1: Always and Forever. That's gonna be our new Abysmal Chronicles song until something else comes up uh all right so guys this is the abysmal chronicles it's a segment of our show where we go over a couple of news articles that were just a little bit too abysmal to make it as main topics we have quite a a few things here for you Mm. number one is video game releases but josh the the cool thing is that today a game is releasing that is so good and so slick yeah we don't have to mention any other games that are coming out because this one Mm
0: -hmm. and it's definitely not because we forgot to look at the rest of the, the release slate
1: definitely not because of that it's because this game is the best one it's persona 4 arena ultimax uh it might be called arena ultimax suplex hold i don't really know um but it's the remastering of persona 4 yeah. Arena ultimax it's coming out for pc ps4 and switch which is really cool to have it handheld
0: mm-hmm. uh, and there's da- a bundle what's up i was just gonna say it's downloaded to my ps5 right now and i'll be playing it this evening very cool that game is very fun uh good story direct
1: continuation from persona 4 and the cool thing is if you're a pc gamer Uh, You can get Persona Mm. 4 Arena Ultimax and Persona 4 in a bundle together for, like, really cheap. It's, like, 30 bucks or something. So Yeah,
0: and the full game is 30 bucks on every other
1: platform. So Yeah, and the cool, the really cool thing is uh, Persona 4 Arena
0: is actually, it was
1: one game, and Arena Ultimax is a sequel to Arena. Right. And they added the story from Persona 4 Arena into Ultimax. Yeah. So you can literally play, like, both of those two games in one. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, It's a fighting game, if you don't know, uh, where he plays all the Persona characters from Persona 3 and a few from Persona, or I'm sorry, from Persona 4 and a few from Persona 3.
0: Right. So, very cool. Slick game. Check it out. I can't wait to
1: play. Yes. All right. Uh, now, on to our news story. So, this one broke a little bit earlier this week,
0: mm-hmm. and a lot of people were surprised by this news. Yeah, this is so, big, and I have a lot of thoughts about it, so hit me with it. Yeah, so the perfect dark team is gone
1: which is how we have it in our notes so this is coming from vgc uh xbox's the initiative studio has seen a wave of senior level departures 36 people which is half of the core development team working on the upcoming perfect dark reboot have quit the company during the last year That includes most of the senior design team, including the game director, design director, lead level designer, principal world builder, two senior system designers, two senior writers, along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more.
0: This is so bad.
1: Uh, A lot of these departures coincide with the announcement that Crystal Dynamics joined the team to fulfill uh, co-development roles. And VGC's source agreed that Crystal Dynamics' introduction, combined with the significant departures of core staff, likely triggered a soft reboot,
0: Perfect Dark. So here's the thing. Okay. Uh, alarms should be going off. Uh, bells should be ringing. This is a bad look for this game. So I don't know if it's all these departures were sparked because of Crystal Dynamics' stuff i mean that's what vgc insinuates here is that that was part of it right here's my interpretation of it is that xbox right the initiative is a first party xbox studio now Mm -hmm. xbox saw the state of this game right and they're like yikes dude uh this isn't working what's a team that we could spin off take people from you know install here to help support this project Step in Crystal Dynamics, right? Outside, they were not working on it. They come in. All of these senior creative core development people, I mean, these are huge fucking roles, stepped out. To me, that reads like Crystal Dynamics came in, they were installed, and Xbox was like, nah, these people basically are in charge now, and you wanna, you're want gonna need to do this, 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 X, Y, and Z. We gotta change this, do this, do this, do this. And they were like, all right, we're out. This is another feather... In Xbox's cap and an example of them, their inability to sufficiently run a studio. Yeah. I I, I don't get it. And this is perfect dark, right? And the, this franchise has had a lot of issues. And this is supposed to be a huge title for you from the initiative, one of your biggest gets. Yeah. What gives, I mean, dude?
1: If you remember, the initiative was, people were saying it was going to be Xbox's Naughty Dog. It was going to be their studio that made the Naughty Dog level games. Yeah.
0: A- 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 and they vgc mentions that it's you know probably triggered a soft reboot yeah i mean this game is now what we're not gonna see it for another five or six years at least yeah i mean that that those these are huge huge roles in developing a video game now i think they have hired some more people since then and no doubt the crystal dynamics team that came in is probably filling a lot of these roles too yeah but like you know They can go off and spend billions of dollars to acquire Activision. Why can't you throw money at some of these studios? And like, maybe that's the reason, right? Maybe that's why PlayStation's first party studios produce so consistently and so well is because they've been built over a long period of time. They didn't have money thrown at them. You know what I mean? And they don't just go out and acquire crap.
1: (laughs) I think a lot of this has to do with uh, Xbox's hands-on, hands-off approach where Maybe PlayStation has a little bit more of a hands-on approach where they're keeping an eye on the studio the whole mm. throughout the whole development cycle, whereas with Xbox, I feel like they kind of let the studio do their own thing, which is great, but at the same time, they come back and they don't like what they see, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we got to change this. Right. And it's, it's like, just be there from the very beginning then. Like, yeah. have someone on your team, like a Shuhei Yoshida. Exactly. Uh,
0: You know, I was just going to say I was like, you need some sort of intermediary, right, that will insulate the team and let them do what they want, but also be there to rope them in and be like and just give them honest, you know, constructive feedback on things. It's like this isn't going to work, you know, maybe we shouldn't explore this avenue. And I think the first person I thought it was like they need like a shoe for some of these things because he now he is indie based now, but he did that for a long time. Him, Sean Layden. Now, Sean Lane was higher up in the company, but they are the reasons why a lot of those games were not only made, but were successes, right? There are stories of Shu very kindly and very nicely going into a lot of these studios being like, listen, the higher-ups aren't going to like this. This is a problem here. This is a problem here. While letting the team still do do what they want, but guide them in a direction that will appease the people that are above them that are really writing the checks. Yeah. So I just... Don't understand
1: how can see, this can happen. I could see the initiative guys being upset with uh Crystal Dynamics coming in because, you know, Crystal Dynamics are the studio behind uh Tomb Raider, right? Right, correct. Yep. And I could see them saying, you know, this is another game with a strong female lead and they're coming in. And, you know, that mm-hmm. would make sense to me to have them come on and help, you know, with this narrative and, and the game itself. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they already have experience with that kind of a, a genre. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can see, you know, maybe them being kind of set in their ways and, Maybe the initiative didn't want to do things. The way right.
0: That, and so that the specifically think about the creative people. And I think, I don't know if it was the writers or it was one of the batches of people that left, but two of them just came from the God of war team from Sony Santa Monica into mm-hmm. here. And now they're gone. So, I mean, it's okay. not like it's like a lack of talent with these people that have left to me. Yeah. Like I said, it reads like you had these people in high level positions that were undermined by installing this other team in there, you know, Maybe well-intentioned to support them. But then, you know, they're like, well, what the fuck? I can't make what we what we want to make now. So, bye.
1: <laughs> it sounds about right. It sounds like what is happening here. So, yeah.
0: All right.
1: <sighs> all right, well, that sucks. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about Halo. This also really sucks. Uh, so, first of all, Halo TV show. The reviews are in and critics are comparing the series to The Mandalorian, but not in a good way. I've Mm -hmm. seen it called The Blandalorian because it's very (laughs) bland. Um, So the video game adaptation stars Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief who removes his helmet quite regularly in the show. There are images that have released a bit. I've seen it. I don't understand why they did that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, The Mandalorian comparisons revolve around a plot that sees Master Chief having flashbacks to his past, questioning that he knows, or what he knows, and embarking on a journey with a teenager named Quan. Rich homie Quan. Uh, and the series is currently sitting at 63 on Metacritic, which is not great. No. So that's what I got for you about the show. I'm not going to be watching it. I'm not interested in, in the lore of Halo or the story mm. of Halo. The gameplay is great. But that being said, Josh, uh, there's also some woes on Halo Infinite side of things right now. What do you want to talk about there? Yeah,
0: not to pile on Xbox here, man. but Do it. What What are we doing? can we we ask ourselves that can we just stop and ask what are we doing the halo show clearly and i mean when when fans see this dude i'm already telling you right now my gut is like you're gonna get torn the fuck apart you're gonna get torn apart right infinite dude we like Halo Infinite, it's a very good game. It plays really, really well, right? Multiplayer side. So we're talking about specifically the game. When it works, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. When it that's a whole other thing. The game came out, had a red hot start. You know, we were playing it. Everybody was playing it a lot. Really positive responses from critics and the community. Um, but now, Brett, Halo Infinite is effectively dead. And there is a few reasons behind this. But just to give you a metric, <laughs> currently. The game has, now this is according to the Steam database, has an average of only 5,000 players. Now, to be fair, this doesn't include console players, so that's that's fair. 5,000 players on one of the two platforms where your title is released. First party, Halo, Microsoft, 5,000 players. That's a joke. We haven't played it in what feels like months, correct?
1: There's no reason to play it.
0: Right. So, why? This big as the question, why? First of all, 343 hasn't introduced any new content. They haven't expanded it, no new maps, no new game modes, outside of reusing the same events over and over and over again. We've seen the this fractured Tenrai event, what, 13,000 times at this point? We're just
1: getting delays, that's
0: all. The battle pass blows... Right, has the leveling was an issue first it was too slow then it was too fast and it's not really worth it you know i finished the battle pass you finished the battle pass too didn't you yeah yeah uh not worth it the length of the season is like eighteen thousand years long right it does it's still going on it doesn't end till may season one
1: yeah and right. with the fact that the battle pass doesn't go away when the season ends
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you could easily make the seasons way shorter because it's not like once you end the season, the battle pass is gone. Right, people which is a content. great thing,
0: but yeah,
1: it's so long, right? You're giving yeah. people more time to finish the battle pass that they don't need. They don't need that time to finish it. They can always finish it anytime. You know what I mean? It, it goes on. Right.
0: So all the multiplayer game modes only had a few maps. They don't have custom game modes, no forge, and that, no co-op for the campaign, which is a whole separate thing. Community creations have always been part of the lifeblood of Halo, right? That's why Halo 3 multiplayer has more concurrent players right now than Halo Infinite does. That's why Halo Reach has more concurrent players right now than I Halo think Infinite Master does. Chief. I think
1: Master Chief, Master Chief Collection off.
0: has like something like what is it? Like 5000% more players or something like that. there was yeah, it's, it's like it's ridiculous, dude. And back in the day, Bungie launched these games, right? Now, they were not live service games. Maybe that's part of the issue. But they launched these games, and they didn't have content for a while. But the community creations swung and tided people over until they had that content. So Halo Infinite comes out, right? And they're like, oh, we're going to launch it early, right? And you're, we're thinking, oh, shit. Well, then this game must be really ready to go. And then nothing. Like a fart in the fucking wind, dude. Nothing. What are you doing? You you didn't have a plan, right? Your game is dying, and you are a live-service, free-to-play game. People are not loyal, dude. They will go somewhere else. You have no player base. It is dying. Now, that's not to say that they can't recover from this, but this is ridiculous. 343 needs to never, ever make another thing for Halo or Microsoft ever again. If I was Phil Spencer, they'd be the fuck out. Your contract gone. Everybody fired. You fucking have failed several times. Time's over. You're done, dude. They're finished. You had no plan. And the fact that Xbox allowed this to happen? You're also done, Xbox. You need to get a fucking grip on your studios because this is not good. That's it.
1: I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> That's All <it>. right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Elden Ring is doing absolutely incredibly right now. Uh, the game has sold 12 million copies worldwide. Uh... Elden Ring may cross media now, Josh. Meaning it might have other, like, there might be other things with this property: TV shows, movies, comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an article from Twitter. No,
0: it's not an article; it's just a Twitter oh. link. Oh, okay, uh, the, they the, they put out a press release themselves yesterday, but I yeah, didn't, I didn't include that.
1: That's fine. So basically, as a part of the Elden Ring sales announcement, where you know, FromSoft announced how many copies they sold. They also said, please look forward to more of Elden Ring as an IP, uh, characters, and other intellectual property in hopes of expanding beyond the realm of games. Yes. And then they say, the Twitter user uh, Dom's Playing said, what might work best for the IP and other media? Yeah. So I think books
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is the easiest and maybe best answer here. Yeah, George R.R. R. Martin, who is known for being an author oh, of I don't, Game of don't
0: Don't let him anywhere near any of this. <laughs> we'll wow. never
1: see it. I, I hate to tell you, he has a lot to do with why the game...
0: I know, great, but other people that can actually produce content take it over from here. Um, I, I like to refer back to the Bloodborne uh, graphic comic or novel line that they did, which was really popular. Awesome. I think this is a perfect fit for that graphic novel yeah. or comic line. Um, I think would be an excellent intelligent fit for this. I would love to see like a gritty anime too. Based off of this, there's some really interesting storylines and characters and world stuff that I think could be cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I I agree. A comic book, graphic novel, anime, manga, Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say a cartoon, but I think it would be way better as an anime. Like I was thinking like a Castlevania style animated series. I don't even think it'd be that great as that. I think an anime would be the way to go for this. Yeah. Uh, Embrace the Japanese roots of the studio and just go full anime. Absolutely. All right. So big news. Uh, Supermassive Games' new game, Quarry, was announced today. Uh, This is a game that's going to be separate from the Dark Pictures Anthology, and it's actually a uh, spiritual successor to Until Dawn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast where we mm-hmm. talked we about right. a yeah we talked about a potential remaster of until dawn and the quarry being a sequel of that mm-hmm. uh, so i don't know if maybe it'll be released as like a you know, pre-order bonus i don't think so this you is think com- that, this is 2k is completely separate so you think that basically like the until dawn remake thing was just quarry
0: no, I think the until Dawn remake might still exist, but I don't okay. think that has anything in relation with this project because PlayStation still owns that IP. So gotcha. 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 Gotcha.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about it. So a trailer yeah. was revealed today, and again, we were right, this is a game that is existing. Uh Supermassive promises groundbreaking interactive storytelling in an unpredictable night of horror with plenty of flirting and fear as relationships between characters are built and broken through intense player-based choices. The game can be played in co-op, both locally or online. The former lets each player pick a counselor to control, while online play lets users watch the playthrough and vote on each decision. Similar to Until Dawn, the quarry blends a camp teen slasher with a creature feature. Yep. So we're a big fan of this studio, we're a big fan of their games, uh, Dark mm-hmm. Pictures Anthology series is fantastic, we still have to play the latest one Yep. with Ashley Tisdale. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Ashley Tisdale, I was going to say,
0: speaking of Ashley Tisdale,
1: (laughs) they released a the uh, cast list as well. And there's a few few people here that are uh, very close to Ashley Tisdale. Uh, So number one, you got Ariel Winter from Modern Family and Speed Racer, Mm -hmm. dude. She's slick as fuck. All right. I like her a lot. Uh, And I'm not talking about her acting. Uh, (laughs) Ethan Supley, Ethan Slurpee. He's Trumply from Wolf he's of from Wall Street, dude. He Wolf is of Wall Street. He's very good. Uh, he's also from Remember the Titans, and my name is Earl. Mm-hmm. David Arquette is in mm-hmm. this, which is fucking awesome. I love David Arquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know—is he going to be a counselor? Like, are they de aging him, or is he an older
0: character? Uh, no, he's a counselor. Yeah, uh, he's you no—he know, is. A, they showed him as the um, like a sheriff, like a sheriff okay. in the very beginning. Wow, that fits him perfectly. Yeah, he so he he's like. I don't know if you watched the trailer or not but the beginning he's like we can't stay here overnight blah 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 well, let's go uh, and then the kids are like nah eh, blah, blah blah we're going to stay he's like all right lock yourselves inside i'll be back in the morning i forget what the oh, context shit. was he but, die. <laughs> but dude he was dude it fits him david arquette is awesome uh fun fact there's a documentary about him called you cannot kill
1: david arquette it's a wrestling documentary about how he got back into wrestling it's very notorious in the 90s. He won the championship in WCW while he was promoting a movie about wrestling. People hate him for it. They don't think he should have held the title. And the documentary is about him actually learning how to wrestle for real. And proving to the people like, I'm sorry, I came into your world and sucked. But now I'm here to show you that I actually can do it. And he did a death match, And he was ble- the guy almost literally like cut his fucking throat and killed him. Um, anyway, it's called you cannot kill David Arquette it's on Netflix. Watch it. It's really good uh lynn shay from the insidious Mm -hmm. franchise the grudge and ouija Mm -hmm. not familiar with that person Uh, miles robbins from halloween 2018 and blockers is blockers cock blockers the movie with cena yeah cena Mm
0: -hmm. okay
1: yeah you you know who this guy is okay uh grace zabriskie from armageddon wild at heart and the grudge don't know who that is paulston sage from neighbors x-men dark phoenix and paper towns i don't know who that is Zach Tinker from 13 Reasons Why, Law and Order, True Crime. Again, no idea. Lance Henriksen from Aliens, Alien 3, and The Terminator. That name sounds very familiar. Yeah. uh po- Brenda? Po-
0: pointing them out on the poster as you go through them behind you. Oh, okay, cool.
1: Uh, Brenda Song, dude, who we have credited here from Dollface, The Social Network, and New Girl. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That's Wendy no, no, Wu, no, no. Homecoming Warrior. That's right. And also, right. <laughs> and also uh, London... Tisdale from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That's right. So don't get it twisted. I also thought there's like two characters on the left of the poster that I thought were Zack and Cody sitting at the fire. No. <laughs> I dude, I literally thought it was Zach and Cody. That would be s- slick. Um Siobin Williams from Forsaken and Heartland, Heartland, Skylar Jessondo from The Social Dilemma and Santa Clarita Diet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Evan Agoria, which is a very bad name. Uh From Star Trek Picard and Home and London
0: Tipton, Yuki says, "Yeah, London Tipton, dude." You said something else. Oh, you said you said London Tisdale or something like that.
1: Oh, Tipton. Sorry, I was thinking Ashley Tisdale. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Thanks,
0: Yuki.
1: (laughs) Uh, Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. So I know who that is. Mm -hmm. And then Ted Raimi from Evil Dead, Spider Man, Xena Warrior Princess, dude. Evil Dead, like. Like
0: the new Evil Dead? Mm-hmm. Is this the brother from Evil Dead? I'm pretty sure it is. Let me uh, let me Google him. Real quick. Yes, he was a great
1: actor. No, this is not the guy I thought it was. Oh, oh it's, no. it's it's the brother of Sam Raimi. Okay. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say I'm pretty sure he's related to Sam Raimi in some. I point. thought it was
1: maybe his son or something, but okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's
1: a huge fucking cast, and all these characters are gonna die. Um, yeah it's coming out june 10th
0: so yeah on all platforms it's listen they have done this dark pictures right to fund this essentially oh is, is it, that so is what well, that's what it seems like to me um and dark pictures are all these small little things they had to prove themselves to 2k and now this is finally the big the big mambo you know big so. mambo uh, all i'm right, excited well, for I'm this happy. game it's gonna be fun i think it'd be a good one for us to stream too especially if there's some interactivity I think so too. That'd be, be awesome.
1: Fun. All right. Well, listen guys, we're about to hop into the main topics of the show. We're going to talk about Hogwarts legacy, but before we do that, I have to give a short little plug to W energy. Uh, w was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented neurofactor. There's no calories. There's no sugar, no artificial colors, no fillers. There's none of the bad stuff. They don't pay us to plug them. We basically have a promo code where if you use it, we save, uh, you save money. We get that money uh, to help us fund this show and our other projects on our channel. So our uh, little catchphrase here is if you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK to save on Dubby. You save 10% today if you use code SLICK on your Dubby.gg order. Uh, And we really appreciate it if you guys would uh, check it out. My
0: favorite flavor, Dub Sludge. I just finished an entire, another bottle i'm uh, i don't know if you can see no almost i got a little more i have galaxy grenade that's mine oh galaxy grenade's a really cool name i know it also tastes good in my mouth mine's a little sour and i like that i like it a lot so mine's berry
1: flavored so yeah check it out w.gg is where you can order it a lot of their stuff's on pre-order right now they actually just sent an email out to all of this uh all the people that are sponsored uh they basically said they're sorry that they're not like you know they don't have products like in stock right now mm-hmm. uh you know as you know there's a lot of problems in the world right now shipping and and you know manufacturing and all that uh really tough for, on small small little companies like this so uh you know go pre order something help them out help us out um and, and it tastes good and it's great it gives you a little boost of energy it's not like energy drinks where your heart feels like it's going to explode out of your chest it's also not like the protein powder that you use when you work out it's a nice chill relaxing energy boost for things like playing video games uh recording podcasts and just sunken dink in general so uh josh i don't think there's anything else we could do here except roll the intro for the show please
0: sunken dink
1: Hogwarts Legacy, Brett. That's right. We just had the state of play earlier today. And now we're here to give you a review and a rundown of what we saw in the state of play.
0: Yeah. So we'll get into specifics. I, I, I do just want a general thoughts that you have about it overall. You know, main takeaway from this first kind of 16, 18 minute, whatever it was, gameplay look. I don't know if you want me to say that right now. Why not? I just want your just general thoughts. No specifics yet.
1: Okay. I think the game is going to struggle to find an audience. I don't think it's going to sell very well. And I think, uh, it looks really ambitious.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think overall it looks okay. Um, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I really, I hope it does well. You know, it's a very interesting, cool concept. Something I think I personally will probably enjoy. Um, I have a few concerns with it, but it's hard to really say that if they're valid or not until, you know, you play it. Um, But overall, I think it's extremely ambitious, uh, really, really cool. um, And it's going to face a lot of challenges when it launches. I agree.
1: So Uh, You have some notes here. I also have notes on my phone. So if you mm -hmm. see me looking down, I am paying attention. I have my notes on my phone.
0: Yeah. So let's just run through this. First of all, we saw this was a state of play, obviously. So PlayStation sponsored it. Um, And the whole thing was in-game PS5 footage, you know, kind of cut into this trailer. Um, So basically, the story goes that you're a new student at Hogwarts with an aptitude for old magic. Now, those that are Harry Potter fans will know that there is history of like old magic in the series, kind of like forbidden um, that you're not really supposed to use and that it's difficult to wield. Right. For several reasons. They described it as ancient magic later on. Yeah. Um, It's set in the 1800s. Somebody is trying to steal uh, this ancient magic or, you know, wield it. Um, And, yeah, so it's set in the 1800s. So this is before, you know, the books proper, before, you know, Fantastic Beasts. Before Harry Potter. All all that stuff, you know. Well, well before that. Um, So that's cool, I guess. Using the Nimbus
1: fucking 30, dude.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's going to be an in-depth character creator which they showed and house assignments Brett what do you think about this i mean this is like this is looks like a, a pretty hardcore action rpg
1: yeah you're creating your own character and you know you're you're walking around hogwarts and going outside of hogwarts and you're getting sorted by the sorting hat i'm curious to find out how they actually sort you like mm. what what that looks like like maybe you have to answer a series of questions or um, yeah they might even like lead the game with a bunch of little mini quests. And depending on your actions of those quests, that determines, you know, where you're sorted. But I can see a lot of people getting triggered because they don't want to be in Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, what is it? Ravenclaw? Yeah. So, but it was cool because they showed, and they talked about this a lot. There's a lot of locations that they never actually show in the movies, but they talk right. about in the books. And they had to make them for the game. Right. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting and pretty cool that, you know, we've never seen the, the what is it called? The... Uh, quarters uh the hufflepuff student quarters or the, oh, whatever, yeah. whatever
0: the their common area
1: common area yeah like you never see that in the movies but they had to create that for this and it's pretty cool that you know that exists now so that actually might entice people to play as some of the less popular uh harry potter houses
0: yeah um so the open world right you have a fully explorable hogwarts with dungeons puzzles you know etc lots of open world locations outside of hogwarts including hogsmeade which if you're any way familiar with harry potter you know that's kind of like a, a hub town if you will you know that's where alivanders is and you get your wand and your fucking butterbeer and shit uh we'll have dynamic seasons which i was really cool which i thought was interesting Uh, depending on you know the time of year in the game you explore the open world um they have a whole countryside region that they talked about where you can go out and find you know little hovels and houses and all these npcs and stuff like that and just basically what looks like a massive open world in general that Uh, I don't think I was expecting, to be honest with you.
1: I also wasn't expecting that. I thought most of it was going to take place inside of uh, Hogwarts. Yeah. And I I wrote in my notes here, you know, like you said, there's dungeons and vaults inside of Hogwarts and a lot of secrets and things to explore that make that area, you know, great and a good place to to explore and whatnot. But I think the most ambitious part of the game is what they've done outside of Hogwarts. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to spend most of my time out there because there's so much cool stuff that they've added uh you know hogwarts is cool and all but we are we've seen a lot of it so i'm I'm curious to
0: see what's outside of that yeah creatures and stuff like that too in particular uh seem very interesting
1: i wrote on my notes here platypus creature is cute
0: yes uh that creature i think was featured creature feature in the first or second fantastic beast movie i forget yeah
1: i haven't seen <laughs> it but you're right it is
0: the first fantastic beast movie is garbage
1: um sorry so but so josh i want to point out that it looks like because i thought with such a huge open world how are you going to be getting around because i'm not walking well it looks like you can fly you know, on a broom
0: yeah i put in all caps my notes flying on a broom oh i see that yes uh yeah when that happened i was like that's fucking slick
1: yeah that's really cool <clears throat> i was not expecting to be able to do that
0: yeah so that's very cool um let's speaking of game mechanics let's talk about the gameplay that they showed off specifically uh the uh combat so now mind you uh yuki says that's the nif niffler uh looks so cute and it's green yeah he's cute yeah um so combat specifically now again this is hard to tell because what
1: i just said niffler
0: niffler Uh, it's hard to tell because we're not playing it, and I went back and forth, and I don't know if it's because how they placed the camera, if that was actually the camera that they're gonna use, but the camera seemed really far out and, like, all over the place, wonky. The gameplay looked very stiff, very slow, very heavy, almost. Now, like I said, it was kind of hard to tell, and it will probably be better in practice, I'd assume because there was lots of cool comboing and even a, a parry mechanic that they showed off that I think looked interesting but do you, do you share the same sentiment about the gameplay what did what did you think yeah i
1: agree with you <clears throat> uh for some reason i was getting final fantasy 15 vibes i don't yeah. know if it was because of the the camera camera was or the particle effects everywhere but yeah i was getting strong final fantasy 15 vibes uh i didn't think it looked very fun like it was it was funny how epic they were trying to make it look and seem and then it's just like a dude like uh, like to me and he's like floating around and shit like something that the movie struggled with
0: to depict as well
1: absolutely in the movies it was more just like flick like they would just do the move like there wasn't like a big dance and you know whole thing to it i I think they're going to struggle with this i mean you're you're playing a game where your primary weapon is magic and the way you use the magic is a small little wand in your hand right Mm -hmm. you don't have a sword so it's literally just a lot of this yeah and they're going to struggle with that. And there's not much they can do about that. Uh, that's that's the kind of game that they're choosing to make. And I don't know if combat is going to play a huge role. It seems like it is.
0: Yeah. So I don't know how long that it's, is going to work. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to play it and see how it actually works. Because it's one thing to yeah. look at it, right? It's another thing. I don't know what the inputs are like. I don't know mm-hmm. how diverse the combat is. Like, I don't know how many ways there are to approach it. Yeah. Um. Like I said, when he, when I started to see the character, uh, comboing and stuff like that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. The parry mechanic was kind of cool, but it, it's this is something. It's gonna be really hard, I think, to advertise to people about what the moment-to-moment gameplay like that feels like, because, yeah. again, visually, it's just some person going.
1: I mean, like, like I the, compared it to Final Fantasy 15. In a game like that. You literally are using a sword and then there's like a million swords floating around you and you're like stabbing a million things at once. Like that's really engaging and fun and being able to switch the weapons on the fly. Like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. This is not that. It's just different colored beams of light shooting from a wand.
0: Yeah. It's so, going to be hard. It is going to be hard. Um, Continuing, uh, they showcased with, I guess, probably combat specific stuff, but just more mechanics. They showcased talent trees, some crafting, stuff like that. Uh, anything Planting- You can make plant
1: or plant plants.
0: Yeah. So, and I put on here too, there's the room of requirement, which again, if you're familiar with Harry Potter, you know, that's kind of the room that presents you what you need, almost essentially what you need to see. Um, And they took a really interesting interpretation with that in this game to make it your base. Almost. It seems like of where you can create different potions, you know, work on things, heal animals, like all these other different things. Um, but it looked like there was like free to play mobile timers on some of that stuff, which I I know are not gonna be microtransaction based. They better fucking not be. But to me, that seems so cumbersome and stupid to have in a game like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what well, I plant a tree and then I have to wait thirty real time minutes for it to be finished. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna work. <clears throat> yeah, it seems time based. Um, let's see, uh, they showed off, uh, they talked a lot about, um, oh, Yuki says you're also, it's weird that you're starting your fifth year. Yeah. That is strange, which they did touch on in there. Yeah. Let's
1: talk about that now. So like you said, Josh, it's in the late 1800s before the Harry Potter series, you're a new student to Hogwarts, but you start as a fifth year. Right. And they also mentioned that the player can sense ancient magic and use it. Yeah. So I am not the hugest Harry Potter fan, so I don't know what ancient magic is, but um they said that hogwarts is literally like full of it so
0: yeah i'm not i could not give a good definition what it is either other than i know it's been hinted at that it's kind of forbidden right Uh, we're not to be used or meddled with um and then like yuki said you're starting your fifth year right which is weird um so narratively that's gonna be interesting too about how they handle that character wise it's gonna be interesting how they utilize that right because you're kind of behind the eight ball why is the
1: what is the fifth year in relation to like our schooling system? Is that like your senior year or is it like your junior year or like, like how many years in is being a
0: fifth? Like, so I how think many years are there. I think that, um, Harry Potter is almost like a mixture of like middle school kind of through, through high school and college too. So I think equivalently it would be like your sophomore or junior year probably. Um, Oh, Yuki said in the chat sophomore. So there you go. so a little bit behind the eight ball
1: okay um let's talk about the story a little bit so
0: Mm -hmm. we saw that
1: well first of all yeah there's evil goblins and evil dark magic users that are teaming up uh you like you wrote here narrative about a goblin rebellion yeah um the goblins are very anti-semitic just like they were in the films not a fan of that uh i wish they changed the designs a little bit but uh i even think that they were in Gringotts bank at one point on the cart Mm Mm-hmm. So that's great. Uh, Also, there's a house elf named Deke. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And there was also a room with a bunch of little house elves in it. I don't know what that was all about, but... It's
0: from one of the movies, I believe. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I forget exactly, but... vaguely. I like seeing that.
1: Uh, Also, I wrote here... There's companions. Oh, yeah. So there was different characters oh, yeah. you that says you can make... the
0: kitchen. Yes. So
1: yeah. It... So you can make friends with all these different characters.
0: Yeah. And uh, it seems like they're going to have a companion system as they describe it. Almost yeah. like persona I wrote in my notes.
1: So can I tell you what my problem with this is? Yeah. I wish it was just multiplayer. Really? I wish th- I wish this had a co-op system. I wish this was a MMO. I wish
0: I wish this really? was multiplayer. Yeah, really?
1: Yeah. I can't see, dude. I cannot see myself. Playing a single player Harry Potter game. Really? No. <laughs> no. I would have, if you were like, yo, I'm getting it, I would have been like, let's do it. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where like, Sea of Thieves is like a cool concept for a game and like pirates are cool. But if someone was like, yo, there's a new single player pirate game coming out, I'd be like. There has to be something else to sell me.
0: Yeah, but if, I understand. I, if, the, if it was like, yo, you can like go on a ship with your friends and like, I'd be like, I'm in. I understand. I get that um so. i mean I, I listen i'm not the biggest harry potter fan but i like harry potter i think certainly more than you do or at least i'm yeah. interested in it more and to me the biggest draw is just the seemingly deep rpg mechanics that are here yeah uh, which you know i am a fan of
1: but that leads me to one of my biggest points and that i mentioned already is i don't know who this game is for so i feel like harry potter fans are a very niche audience uh i don't want to sound insensitive or root here but i feel like harry potter fans and gamers and hardcore rpg fans don't
0: overlap that much i am inclined to agree with you and i think really the the audience for this right is you're gonna have the hardcore harry potter fans and you're gonna have rpg fans right there's not a ton of overlap there at least i don't think and i don't know if you can really sell either group on this game fully now there are people like yes. me that will enjoy both, right? So maybe I am the outlier. But mm-hmm. not ugh, it sounds so oh. bad because I want to classify a lot of Harry Potter fans. I mean, listen, it's like You were gonna call them normies. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, that's maybe a little unfair because the the fan base for Harry Potter is far wide and and reaching and you know expansive. I'm not saying that's not that's not the case. It appeals to a lot of people. But, but when it comes to presenting that that people those people with the hardcore RPG, uh, I don't know.
1: I want to play devil's advocate because someone could easily just say, "Well, what about Shadow of Mordor?" That's a very similar franchise to Harry Potter. It's Lord yeah, but that's a very different fan base. Exactly is what I was going to say as a defense was Harry Potter is, and I'm again now, I'm not trying to be insensitive or whatnot, but Harry Potter is a lot more females. I would I would say and younger people. Whereas Lord of the Rings is more adult fan base and
0: Well, also there's equally a, there's like a Venn diagram too, with the, like tabletop RPG strategy type people that like Lord of the Rings. That yes. doesn't exist so much with Harry Potter. Now, I don't know, maybe that's unfair, but knee-jerk reaction, that's what I think.
1: Yeah, so I and I'm not saying this is gonna be bad because of any of that. I'm just saying I I think that this game is gonna struggle to find an audience i think that they're gonna have a hard time selling this game and i hope that it doesn't sell <laughs> awful because of that
0: yuki sound says sounds like boyfriends are losing their ps5 towards holiday 2022 <laughs> probably yes probably um so just a few more things yeah. here well like yuki said holiday 2022 no exact release date yet um and then i also just a few more things they did show base building which i thought out of everything they showed i was like i don't really feel like this needs to be in here just like fallout yeah. 4 in my opinion it's like why is this here um, I, I, I don't really care about that. I love base building in every game, so I'm yes. down with it. Uh, some of the facial animations and eye lines looked really rough to me. Man, yeah. the frame rate looked really rough. Yeah, and there's some... <laughs> now, I don't know if it's because of the stream or what, but there are some areas no. where I'm like, there goes a frame, and there's a hitch, and there's a hiccup, and there's a stutter, and there's a lot of frames gone, and there's another frame, and there's an extra frame when they cut the camera, and there's a stutter, and there's... I was like, oh, God... I hope yeah. I hope that game, it does not have that issue. It look uh, what I don't know what engine they're running this cells but it looks like it's Unreal 4 or 5 to me. Um but I looks know. like ungood 5 to me, dude. All right. Um and then the last thing I want to talk about, which is the thing that I'm actually the most interested in and I wish it wasn't such a throwaway in it because when it happened I was like that's fucking slick. It seems like you're going to be able to take different paths and have almost like an alignment mechanic in the mm-hmm. game too. Right? outside of your house that you're in. It sounds like you could be good or bad or maybe indifferent because <clears throat> now, Brett, you might not know this being, you know, unversed in Harry Potter. The main character that they showed used the death spell in one scene.
1: Avada Kedavra.
0: Avada Kedavra.
1: Avada which is
0: Avada the death.
1: Kedavra Kedavra.
0: Yeah, which is the death spell. Uh you use that spell when you intend to kill somebody. <laughs> that, is no, really? that is literally that is literally what the spell is used for only is when you intend to kill your opponent. Awesome. If that if that is a mechanic in this game, I'm going full fucking Joker mode. Put me in Slytherin, everyone's dying. Killing Dumbledore? Hell yes, dude, before he's even born. Oh
1: dude, my fiance just got home and she's texting me. Don't talk shit. Don't talk on shit you don't watch or you're not a fan of. Also, you did it wrong. I'm assuming. That
0: thing. I don't know. Yuki said you got it. <laughs> so I mean, listen. Overall, I, I think this game looks interesting. Uh, I will. I'm interested in it personally. Yeah, think, I'll try it, man. I think, like you said, it will struggle to find an audience, but I hope it. I hope it does well, um, <clears throat> because it's a really cool world and a very ambitious game, um, and. I don't know. I just, I hope it's, I hope it's good. That's it.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to go outside of Hogwarts and explore and I'm not interested in going to class, but I'm interested in, uh, you know, finding trolls and finding like clothing and armor or whatever. And you know, all that cool stuff. So I'm interested in killing people. I'm interested in that, but I gotta get good. All right. All right. So, uh, our next <laughs> Our next topic today, guys. We're going to be talking about Doctor Disrespect. He's a Twitch streamer uh, who's now a game developer. The He's been fucking a fucking
0: timbre on that fart. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible.
1: Um. So I'll start. Sorry, over. sorry. You're good. You're good. So we're going to be talking about Doctor Disrespect and his new game. Uh, as a lot of people know, he founded a new game studio called the Midnight Society and they're gonna be making a new video game. It's rumored to be a battle royale, but instead of a horizontal, it's gonna be a vertical battle royale where you climb towers and different levels and stuff like that. Um, But there's a little wrinkle in this, and this is very important. You know, if you care about NFTs, or actually if you don't care about NFTs, very important you pay attention to this one because uh, I think that this could be NFTs being used in gaming for a good reason, but, they're not being very upfront about it. So here's the story. Dr. Disrespect is selling NFT beta access to his game that doesn't exist yet. This is coming from PC Gamer. So in December of 2021, Dr. Disrespect, AKA Guy Beam, co-founded a new game studio called Midnight Society with former Call of Duty creative strategist, Robert Bowling and Halo 5 multiplayer designer, Quinn Del Hoyo. So this is... Uh, a team of you know solid people if you don't know guy beam is actually a he was a map designer on call of duty advanced warfare so he has some experience in multiplayer games he's also a you know great player of multiplayer games he's he's really good at the video games that he does play the two time the two time and uh robert bowling you know notorious for call of duty back in the day modern warfare and halo 5 multiplayer friends with um, him on
0: psn by the way yeah
1: same, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Halo 5 multiplayer, Josh, I can't speak to that, but was it good? No. Okay, well, Del Hoyo, you're not good. It was like COD. Uh, oh, well, that's good. It wasn't Halo, though. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So what exactly the studio is making has not been revealed yet, beyond a promise that it will be the most community-focused online PvP multiplayer experience the world has ever seen. Uh, again, there's rumors about it being a vertical battle royale. A new blog post has shed more light on the community focus aspect, which will include NFT sales. So the quote is, as we focus on building the best new PVP multiplayer first person shooter, we're looking to leverage the collective strength of our day zero community to go hands on during crucial early development milestones of the project. Um, Midnight Society studio head Robert Bowling explained. This means building an infrastructure that allows the active participants of our community to experience environments, weapons, movement, and other core tenets of the gameplay at a stage where their feedback, input, and guidance can be incorporated. Uh, this is a lot of buzzwords. And I was just going to say, I, it just shocked me. Yeah, that's a lot of bullshit. So the initial round of 10,000 Founders Access Passes will sell for $50 each. Uh, and here's the details of the Founders Pass. Uh, Founders Pass owners will also have the ability to mint a unique tradable visor design, procedurally generated and with different presumably random levels of rarity. Uh, It's not clear whether these designs will actually appear in-game, however. The post says that the design only acts as your identity within the Midnight Society and can be used to identify, uh, or I'm sorry, can be used as your verified avatar in and outside of the community. So a couple things I want to mention. So, Dr. Disrespect said that these NFTs, these Founders Passes have 13 levels of variables. So, there's things like the visor itself that will change the design, your patch on your shoulder will change the design, the background image will change, the pose that your character is doing will change. But this is all, like they said, this is all not even in the game. This isn't your character model or anything yet. We don't know that, but it's 50 bucks. And with that 50 bucks and with this NFT, basically, you get insider access to the game. You get to help with the development by giving your feedback, giving your opinions. You get to try the game early before everyone else. Um, they even on the website let you kind of chime in on what you want to have in terms of your your access as a mm-hmm. founder. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost reminds me of, Josh, the Kickstarter campaign that our boy Chris Stupman just launched or just wrapped up, I believe, on uh, Kickstarter for his horror movie Shelby Oaks, mm-hmm. where basically you are at the beginning of the development cycle and you are with him until the end. So, that's what it reminds me of. It's the first time it's being done for video games. What do you think
0: about this? Shelby Oaks tells nine days to go. Oh, my God. Sorry. What's that? They crushing it? Yeah. Almost at $600,000. Oh,
1: my God. That's Sorry.
0: good. Sorry. Anyway. What were you saying? Uh,
1: What do you think about all this? What do you think about Midnight Society? And what do you think about the NFTs, man?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, have my thoughts. Bro. I mean, listen. I think... The concept of the game sounds really cool. He's talked about this for a while. Uh, I watch Dr Disrespect a lot. I enjoy him I think he's entertaining. Um, I like what he does. Uh, I think the nft concept right I still don't like but for some reason this doesn't bother me if that makes sense, the way that they're presenting it, which first of all, I I must say, as much as I like Dr. Disrespect, I think he did a terrible job explaining this on his stream when they revealed it. Uh, and I was like, dude, I don't fucking understand what you're saying. So I just went to the website and read the FAQ, uh, and and all the different things. I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Um, and I wrote to you basically that. And I said, it looks like they're using blockchain to support development and get out like digital deliverables for those that help them support the, uh, development and maybe for stuff like character creation avatars whatever but the game's going to run normally right without a, a need to use any of this stuff once it does launch it seems like they're using it more to develop it and help develop it and get the community involved and give something back to those that are willing to help fund and found and provide input to the game right yeah. so that's all well and good i think this is a slippery slope right you don't want to lean too much into this stuff I don't think, but the way that they're presenting it, you know, it's like you can get it on the ground level. You get this in return if you want to. You can sell it, right, if you don't want it. They add it right to your your wallet. Um, so I don't know. I'm not i am not against it. I'm not completely sold on this. I signed up for the Founders thing. You know, we'll see if I, I get in or not with the 10,000 things. There's a couple more days to go. Um, I would love to provide input for it because it sounds really cool, you know. But um, that's that's it. I'm kind of I'm kind of lukewarm on it, but it doesn't bother me. And I think the game itself will probably be pretty good considering the talent behind it, you know.
1: Yeah, the game is far away. It's like three years, five oh, years away at least. Yeah, uh, but it, it'd be cool to play early beta builds. But OK, so here's my thought. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wrote my thoughts down here because I didn't want to forget this is it broke early this morning. So um, this article. So here's the deal. The article. There was an article that came out before Doc even made the announcement. And it basically said, Dr. Disrespect's new game is going to have NFTs. And he didn't have a chance to control that narrative. He didn't get a chance to announce it himself, right? Mm-hmm. So he had the opportunity to change his presentation in a way to make it so we were, our, you know, our, our worries were quelled. And we weren't worried about it being NFTs. All he did was say... Yes, there's going to be NFTs, they don't impact the game at all. You know, he didn't really do a great job, like you said, of explaining what it is. Mm -hmm. So he had every opportunity before that, he had hours before he started streaming, where he could have changed his delivery, changed his messaging. Um, My thoughts are using the blockchain to resell in-game items, really cool idea. NFTs, not a fan of, I think they're really bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The blockchain to, you know, give you ownership of an in-game item Mm -hmm. is cool. Um, it gives us ownership of the, of the items in game that we spend real money on. Right. So in apex, we spend money and we get a skin. We can't do anything with that skin. We can't resell it in the game. It's it's, you know, if our account gets banned, like mine did you lose all the, all the stuff you put your money into all your investments. Right. Right. So that's cool and all it's a cool concept, but why is this the first thing we have to hear about for this game? Why did NFTs have to be the thing that led the charge? You know, they're so volatile right now. There's so much discourse about NFTs, especially after the South Park thing, you know, that really whole world had an opinion on NFTs after South Park talked about them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just think that he could have gotten in front front of this and he could have just changed the messaging and make it not so much of a big deal. So here's what I think he should have said. way too many buzzwords he should have said guys yes there are nfts in the game we plan to do some really cool stuff with them and i want to reiterate you don't need to mess around with them in the actual game if you don't want to this is a cool unique way for us to raise money for the game without launching a kickstarter you also receive awesome benefits and could even resell your founders pass on openc if you aren't feeling that the value is worth it right so basically you should have just done a chris Stuckman and said you're going to be along the ride with us for the whole thing this is basically a kickstarter it's basically you know you funding the game for us because it, Listen, it's, it's an NFT. You're, you're, they're making money. They're going to make money off of this. Right. So.
0: And I think it stems from almost the, maybe to their own detriment, Uh, you know, sticking to his persona to present this. That's all well and good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you're trying to sell the game uh, and maybe describe what it's going to be like to play it. Maybe it have not been the best approach of how to launch it and announce it. 100 because it just muddies the messaging 100 percent. so and then we have to sit here confused or parse through this or whatever it is and again it doesn't sound like either of us are like completely against this we're just like it's a little confusing about why you're choosing to start here right even though we understand it is essentially just a way to help fund and support the game now and get people involved in the development and get feedback but you didn't say that yeah, that's all you had to say, but you didn't. So, there's also
1: the fact that when I looked into the founders pass, it said that it's going to be 50 USD, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes the gas fee. Yeah. So part of the thing about NFTs that bother me and that suck is that there is a weird entry barrier where you have to like know about crypto. So when when you buy an NFT, you have to have Ethereum and you have to convert the Ethereum into USD to figure out how much you're actually going to spend on an NFT. Like, I remember one of my favorite bands released NFTs that give you a lot of cool perks, and I was going to do it. And then I did the conversion from ETH to USD, and it was like $500. I was like, no fucking way, dude. Because the thing is, ETH, the value fluctuates and changes, right? Right. So they say, oh, it's going to be, you know, 300 ETH or whatever. Dude, that could be one amount one day and another amount another day. That is re- ridiculous. That is not fair. That is not cool. Well,
0: and that's part of the decentralization of that currency, right? Is it, yeah. so it's zone market. It's, it's detached from any sort of, you know, government backed right? money. But so that's when also I saw, problem.
1: yeah, when I saw that it was USD, I was like, so either they're telling you that they're giving you it in USD, or we're gonna actually be able to pay for it with regular currency. Right. Uh, if that's the case, I'm in, I'll do it. I'll. It's basically backing the game. I'm gonna get the game when it comes out. Uh with you know cool unique item the game's free to play so when it comes out you don't have to pay for it but you're going to have cool unique items and you know you're going to have all these beta access things so yeah 50 bucks is not a big deal yeah i agree but i (laughs) ain't dealing with all the bullshit could have been delivered better that's it absolutely i mean we saw chris stuckman is doing it all through kickstarter so
0: yeah he raised six hundred thousand dollars i mean i don't know i feel like doc raised a couple of bucks
1: (laughs) He's got a couple busts to
0: waste, if you ask yeah. me. All
1: right, let's talk about Persona. So yes. uh, this is pretty cool. So Persona 4 is a game that a lot of people love. We love it. Uh, it's was a it number one or number two, favorite game of all time.
0: Persona 4, number one. Number one, Persona 4,
1: our number one favorite game of all time. We did a video series about it. Go check it out on our channel. But basically, we're going to be talking about a mod for Persona 5 that replaces all of the characters and Personas with Persona 4 characters and Personas. Uh, So it's called the Persona 5 Investigation Team mod. uh, And they say that P5 IT is a comprehensive overhaul replacement mod for Persona 5 to replace the characters with Persona 4 ones. Currently, everyone is officially replaceable in battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The project is continuously being updated. The last update was March 15th, which was just two days ago. Yep. Uh, The mod will be free. At the time of recording this. At the time we're recording this. It's really cool. It's really cool to see these characters in HD, like the Persona 4 characters in HD, in the Persona 5 environment, right? Yeah.
0: Thanks, AJ Linnet, for the follow.
1: Thanks, man. Okay. Uh, But yeah, so it's cool. I mean, listen, I don't think that the voices are going to be changed. I don't think that, you know, storylines are going to be different, but they can replace the names and, you know, you can use pretend to kind of go through Persona 5.
0: Um, this is just really cool. Uh, you, you presented it to me a few days ago and I was like, this is awesome. I can't believe I didn't know about it. Um, yeah. so we wanted to highlight it. So it's on obviously PC, uh, mm-hmm. it is, the mod is free obviously, but you can support the creators, um, which we'll put, uh, some information in the description, um, to support the creator. And then, uh, the creator also linked to, um, one of the collaborators working on it that I think is doing modeling or something like that uh for it so yeah and if you want to get updates on it you have to go to the discord uh which we can also link below um and updates are released on there frequently but
1: yeah i'm not big on discord but i'm sure that that's like a community that a lot of people are are popping off in so Mm -hmm. i would say if you want to know more about this project that's probably the best place to go
0: yeah so we will uh uh we will um uh put some stuff in the description about that and, uh, yeah, check it out. It's it's cool. There's not really much more to say about it than that, other than it looks cool, it looks slick. And, I mean, if you go on their Twitter, too, you can see some of the... the, the way. I didn't mean to play that. See some stuff in action. I mean, there's there's Resay as, as on, so. That's, you know. All you need to know, ladies and gents. <laughs> That's it. That's the only thing that matters to us.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Persona 4 in Persona 5, you can't beat it. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to plug it again. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is out today. That's right. So go download that on your PS4 and Switch or PC.
0: Yeah. Look
1: at this. Come on now.
0: I don't know why his eyes are so weird there. but
1: Yeah, I think they're still working on that.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Good stuff. All right. Well,
1: let's move on to the final segment of today's podcast, Josh. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, for Indie Intel, we're going to be talking about Dezo Ladium. Right. As a it's a graphic adventure based on HP Lovecraft stories. Right. So uh, the uh, the little little teaser text they have here says, "Immerse yourself in a distressing psychological thriller in which you will have to solve a series of murders occurring around the end of 2019." But this is just the beginning of your story. Dive into the well-known myths of Lovecraft in a whole new way with the immersive first-person, point-and-click graphic adventure. Uh, it was awarded the most innovative game award by PlayStation in 2018, and RTVE oh, and RTVE 2021, and also won best sound award by Game Gameopolis. Gameopolis,
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: a very odd title. Um, so yeah, this game I found on Indiegogo, which it is, I think, fully funded on there, and it looks very cool. The graphic style is insane. And that's why it won, um, you know, most innovative game. I mean, look at the graphics of it and tell me that you've seen a game that looks quite like that. I haven't. You haven't? <laughs> are you, Is it up right now on the screen? Can people see it? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, man, there are 15 chapters with more than 100 scenarios to explore and investigate. So there's a lot of things to do four characters whose stories will intertwine, over 50 inventory items to use and solve puzzles. Uh, There'll be a personal diary with notes that will accompany each other on their journey. Uh, Full immersion, can you picture yourself in a real life scenario, hearing the piercing sounds of an ancient God chasing you as you try to overcome obstacles on your way out? Sounds very intense. Uh, Hyper-realistic graphics, as I just talked about, all the levels are generated by recording real locations in 360 degrees with a subtle integration of 3D elements to transport you directly into the insane universe of Desoladium. It also features 8D sound, which is why it won best sound. Uh, It generates a surrounding sound effect that comes from many different directions at once, creating the feeling of being in a real life scenario where danger lurks in every corner a few steps behind you. And of course, the game will have multiple endings. The paths you follow and decisions you make will mark your course at your end.
0: Yes, sorry. You I'm, think about, I'm looking through it now. What do you think about Desoladium? It looks slick, my man, and I think I mean, looking at that's why these camera movements and these environments look so real yet not like very off-putting in a, in a sense and gritty. Yeah, I I uh, is because of that how they shot it with the 360 camera. Um, hundred percent. This is a yeah, really, this is a really, really cool, really interesting project. Um, it is on Indiegogo, like you said. I don't know how Indiegogo works, to be honest with you. Uh, it's 51305 USD by over 1,200 backers. Uh, I don't know what that means, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, it's not like Kickstarter where there's like a funded out of amount. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it looks it looks like you can wishlist it on Steam right now, too. Yep. So. yep. Uh, it says
1: that there are I'm trying to find a release date U 2 2022. So it's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, it looks like June, 2022 is the expected, uh, release date for physical copies. This is March, 2022 for di- for digital. So yes, yes, it does. I don't know if that's going to happen, but no, we'll see. So yeah, check it out. The game was funded. Uh, it looks awesome. Like Josh said, it's got that uncanny Valley because of the 360 degree camera, um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah
0: yeah Destaladium links in the description check it out check it out all right oh we uh i switched the wrong screen
1: first nice we We made it another episode (sighs) yep a lot of news a lot of things to talk about as always uh we appreciate you watching if you you made it this far we love you
0: and uh quite frankly we want to suck you off there's strong sentiments to have
1: uh so i want to shout out a couple things number one we have merch uh i'm wearing one of our new hats that we've just added to our store josh is also wearing one of our hats uh you can check these out at our store right now we also have hoodies we have t-shirts uh we have beanies we have uh other hats and (laughs) a whole bunch of other stuff i'm working on a new design for a t-shirt right now so be on the lookout for that one it's a parody design uh from a classic video game cover so be on the Mm -hmm. lookout for that
0: Mm -hmm. you've seen that Mm
1: -hmm. uh also a couple new videos uh in the works right now obviously all of these topics from today's video uh today's podcast will be released as separate videos uh but also we are working on on uh 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 working on uh unclaimed baggage video right and Josh is editing it right now. He said it's coming out good, and we filmed it like two weeks ago, and it was pretty funny, and he said it's even funnier in the edit. So it's all you can hope
0: for. Be on the lookout for that. Um, We should also probably, and we didn't talk about this ourselves, but and we can talk about this off-stream too, but next week, probably no stream.
1: Yes, because you're in the middle of a lot of uh, stuff.
0: Yes, but... Conversely, next week, you can probably expect the Unclaimed Baggage video to go live. Meow. Also, next time we are live, this, this will be gone. Your beard. This is it. Well,
1: I teased on Twitter that we're going to be talking about how handsome you are, and I think that's why I said that, because I know you're going to be shaving your beard off, yeah.
0: Not on stream, but... Josh is going to be
1: shaving his beard on stream, ladies and gentlemen, so don't miss out on the next episode. You'll see no. him shaving his beard off.
0: That's that's a lie. I have an appointment with a barber next Wednesday to cut the hair and take the beard off.
1: And shave your own beard?
0: I can, but I want it clean with my haircut, so I figured... Dude, you're going to look so
1: ridiculously silly. Silly? Not in a bad way. You're a handsome guy, but you're just going to look young, dude. I, I'm aware. I have that the picture of you. I don't. Ha- I can't even find it anymore because you don't have a face. I don't
0: look a day older than I did in fucking middle school. I'll tell you that dude, right
1: now. Yes. There's a picture of you with your hair slicked back with no facial hair. And you're smiling and your cheeks are really red. And you look just... You look so young in that one picture. And I feel like that's going to be you uh, next yeah, week.
0: I'm like Keanu Reeves, dude. Never age. I don't. I'm going to look so young. I'm actually kind of dreading it a little bit. but You're going to look
1: good. Are you gonna grow it back out
0: afterwards? Once the show I'm done in is, yes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I ain't trying to fucking. I'm gonna have to shave like every couple days now, or every day now. <sighs> yeah, oh suck. man, I don't want to fucking do that, dude. I haven't I haven't been clean shaven in like a decade. Same. Dude, I've <laughs> had facial hair for a long time.
1: Yeah. So, you and know. It's also listen. I gotta tell you, dude. The shirt I'm designing. You're in it and you have a beard. So it's going to be off brand if you shave your beard off. So
0: we're we're going to be off. I will. But we're going to be off brand for a little bit. And the real reason, so here's, and then we'll we'll wrap up. The real reason that I'm going to the barber to get it done, right, is I moved a little bit ago. And before that, I went to the same barber for about seven years, right? This barber in uh, Maniunk area, not in Maniunk, but near Maniunk, because I lived in that area. I fucking loved this barber. Every time you go in, Good haircut. Doesn't talk to me while I'm in the chair. Knows exactly what I want. Got to a point where I didn't have to fucking say anything to this woman. My, my barber's a woman, by the way. I didn't have to say anything to her. Sit down. She cuts it the way I want. Not a single word said. I pay and leave. Such a good experience. For years. I missed it when I moved. Did so you ever, Did you ever tip her? Ugh, I big tips all the time. I will lick you till you come. Uh... You know, haircuts are usually thirty-five bucks there, so a little bit more on the expensive side. Yeah, but worth it. Trust me, worth it. They take care of you there. Dave's was a hick and barber shop, uh, and I used I usually always gave about a twenty buck tip. So, mm-hmm. listen, dude, quality. Twenty dollar tip, dude. She is fucking incredible. Clean, clean. No,
1: i'm I, trying to find a sound effect to match how i feel right now gotta tell you there isn't one dude clean
0: clean no i mean I, I, dude i can walk in when i could walk into a barber not say a word sit in the chair she gives me exactly what i want and i leave you point you point at the pictures on the wall and say i want that no she just i went i literally i mean i had the same barber for years she just knew what i wanted incredible so anyway the real reason i'm getting my beard and everything else done is because the show that i'm doing that i need to take off for is in that area so i'm going in early going to that area early one day to go to that barber again because Mm. i have not been satisfied with my haircuts since leaving that area interesting so that's my ted talk thanks for coming i'm gonna need tickets for
1: your show if you don't mind or tell me where (laughs) i could buy them i will they're not on sale yet next week and not just for me my uh my lover wants to go as well she does mm. she's very I, excited actually i don't know if you guys are ready
0: are you going to be like uh pissing dudes or pissing girls or no I'm the, I'm the love interest of the show it's very weird the show is, is presented as a traditional musical but it's very weird um and it's fourth wall breaking i think you'll enjoy it uh, I don't know if normies, quote unquote, will enjoy it to be honest with you. Not that I'm calling Jess a Normie. I mean in the grand scope. I mean in the grand scope of things. She can't hear you. She is. It's 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 very it's it's it's, it's if you pay attention, it's strange. So I'll leave it at that. So and yeah, you'll get to hear me sing, so. What's it called? The Fantastics. Fantastic Beasts, got it. Yep. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. And that is in my ass. Alright, that's it. Make sure you like me make sure you comment, make sure you subscribe. Appreciate you all. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned to our socials uh, and goodbye. See you.